hello, 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 and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. My name is Sean Allred, and tonight we are listening, talking, talking about uh, episode nine. <laughs> yeah, let's just sit here and listen. That, that's a great podcast. Yeah, we can listen, uh, but it wouldn't be very good for y'all. Uh, this is episode nine, and we're talking about <clears throat> 1984's Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> we, are, we are doing this, um, this podcast kind of in honor and memory of, of Harold Ramis, who, who died a few weeks ago, uh, and we thought it would be fun to do a Harold Ramis film, and, and this was one of the only ones that was streaming. Um, uh, we obviously probably could have gotten our hands a hold of Caddyshack or something else, but we chose Ghostbusters, so there you go. Uh, so again, my name is Sean Allred, in case I didn't say it. And joining me tonight is Chad Slimer Evans. Oh. <laughs> I approve. Good. The ghost of John Belushi. Yes. Uh, oh. Cornelius, Stay, Push Marsh- Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, Logan. It was the kindest, gentlest thing I could ever think of. And Sam, my name is Peck Vector. Oh, why do I get the jerk? I don't know, because you are. So <laughs> pull up a comfy chair that hopefully doesn't have rats and springs poking out of it, and we'll dive or in. Or slime. Or slime. Yeah, slime. Yeah. It's supposed to be... Ectoplasmic residue. It's supposed to be soda, but I guess it could be slime. So here we go, 1984's <laughs> Ghostbusters. Well, okay, before we already get your, your emails, which again, cheapseatreviews at gmail.com, um... We know that this movie is beloved by millions, and it's got a cult yep. classic. So if we, A, get something wrong, or B, miss a bit of trivia that you find crucial to this podcast, we're kind of sorry-ish. Um, that being said, uh, this was just, again, this was just a fun thing for us to do. Again, it's kind of a way of saying that we uh, we, we enjoy Harold Ramis's work, and uh, we would certainly miss him. And I thought it was really freaking awesome what Bill Murray did at the Oscars by giving a shout out to his friend. Um, I, oh, just, yeah. I just thought that was cool. Uh, and no one uh, got upset about it, which is the way it should be. So, uh, Ghostbusters. <clears throat> um, so, I'm just going to start off real quick. Chad, uh, how long has it been since you've seen it? What would you think? Does it hold up? Go. Um, I, I think it, I, I saw this on Saturday, on Sunday, and... Um, I think prior to that, I may have saw it maybe about a year, year or so ago. And, you know, this is, this is, this is one of those movies that's in my all time top 20. I mean, it really is. Um, it holds up. Um, I think it's, the jokes are, are still funny to this day. I still quote them with my kids at school. Um, and you know, some of them get it. Some of them just look at me with, you know, like I'm crazy, but that's teenagers for you, I guess. (laughs) um the 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 cgi in it you can tell it's from 1984 but i think that's part of the nostalgic of it that that really draws me into it and you know i don't mind it i think that it's it's um it's from that time period and that i think that's why i like it so much sure uh corny your thoughts real quick about the same. Uh, actually, I, I typically try to watch the movie we're watching this week today, so it stays fresh. But uh, I probably watch Ghostbusters about once a year. It's one of those things where you're sitting around, and you're like, I have nothing better to do. I'll watch Ghostbusters. <laughs> and so, uh, like Chad, uh, it, it just you know it takes you back, and it's very familiar. It still holds up. It's still a great movie. Uh, Bill Murray is uh, uh, is still hilarious. 
uh, even after all these times and hearing the same joke over and over. But uh, true, I, I truly enjoy this movie every time I watch it. And Sam, same question, go. Yeah, I, I really hate this movie. I think it's the worst thing out there. Shut it's, up, it's pure trash. <laughs> no, no, you know, it's it's another one of these movies that, you know, I was a kid of the 80s. And, uh, you know, this was one of the first, you know, quote unquote, scary movies I think I've ever seen. Sure. Um, I used to, oh, gosh, I remember being terrified, absolutely terrified of the dogs and, you know, uh, of of the ghosts flying around, the pop-out ghosts, the, the, the fridge from hell and, and things like that, and uh, having nightmares about them. I actually remember, remember having those. But my goodness, if you weren't a kid of the 80s and you didn't, you know, create your own ghost-busting equipment and play with it in the backyard or... <laughs> oh, or, uh, I had the equipment. Yeah, like could, yeah. You could nice. buy this stuff. I, had, you know, the, I had everything. It was awesome. The funny thing is, you know, this was back in the day too, where they were making movies that you didn't you didn't make it just for the licensing and the merchandising afterwards, you know. But boy, did it come on this movie! You know, not only did we love Ghostbusters, but I know I was addicted to the the TV show. I watched that religiously. Yeah. Well, there were two and cartoons. Were, but yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you know, it's just it's such a classic, you know. And, and if you look back and, and you know throughout movie history, it's hard to make scary comedies where it's legitimately scary and funny. Does that make sense? Um, oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's not too many of them. You know, they either. I would argue the... that this isn't that, but yes. Yeah. Well, as it could be categorized as that, it, it is a comedy, certainly. Yeah. But there are horror elements that you couldn't even do nowadays to a, a, a movie that's not a rated you know, PG thirteen R. What was this rated? Does anybody know? It was PG. PG. Um, you know, um, but this was you know part of my childhood, along with Goonies and and some of these other things that that we used to watch religiously. You know, as kids, I had a I had three Ghostbusters VHSs on the on the the shelf at home. Two of them had been completely worn out to where you couldn't watch them anymore. So of course, you know, the third one's there to. To make up for it, so I'll, I'll do one better. Um, we watched we had it a lot. We had it on Betamax. Nice, nice, damn. Nice. <laughs> I, so so I, I hadn't seen this movie in, in 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 its entirety. As in, sit down, popcorn, watch the movie. Probably in fifteen years. Um, this was a movie. Uh, quick funny story time with Sean. Um, uh, my mom's mom, grandma, had a beach house. And whenever we'd go to the beach house, she had two movies that I was allowed to uh, <laughs> sit and watch. This one and a four-episode story arc of The Thundercats, which was a, a, oh. it was, it was a movie. Um, but the, 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 the Ghostbusters was, was taped off of TV. So... I only ever got to see the edited version. <laughs> so today was the first time, uh, today, yesterday was the first time I'd seen it with all of its PG, uh, we would call PG-13 jokes now, mm-hmm. jokes. There was stuff that I didn't see when I was a kid <laughs> growing up. So so um, like what was different? What was some of the stuff that you that was new to you? Well, the, the or do bit, we want to talk about that later? We, we can get to that later. That's, well, we yeah. can do it now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the biggest things that I had never seen before was the bit when 
um, they're doing the the montage uh, montage when they were doing the. Montage. Um, they were uh, Ray is lying in the bed and he gets the BJ from the Flying Ghost. Yeah, that's not yeah. in the original one. I was like, what the <laughs> hell am I seeing? Uh, I had never seen that bit before. Yeah, where he's all dressed up in the Civil War outfit type of thing. Uh, what? What? Yeah. You didn't realize that? You only know that because you read the trivia because that was no, taken from another no, scene. Actually, it was something I noticed this time. For the, there's a couple things I noticed this time for the first time around that that I hadn't noticed before, and that was one of them. That I actually like, pushed that he, out of my mind. Until why is he? I, I was sitting there. Why the heck is he dressed up in Civil War getup? So, I never noticed yeah. that. I always thought it was weird though that he was in full uniform, like full clothing. Though, yeah. I thought that was yeah. weird. Like he's supposed to be in bed, and I know it's his dream. Anyway, <laughs> so that part wasn't in there. And um, did they edit out? It, I mean, did was there some on on the the end that what's her name? Not Gozer. Is it Gozer, the final god or whatever? Yes. Yeah. That's was Gozer. She, was she naked? No. 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 Okay. Because I was wondering. I was trying to think back to my childhood. If this was the first, you know, my parents probably would have never let me watch the movie if she was. And no. I couldn't really tell. But anyway. No. But going back to what you mentioned earlier, not to kind of kind of point you, which I need to finish my story. But um, I didn't. I don't think that this is considered a horror comedy because. I think comedy they, horror. No, <laughs> I consider horror comedy like um, the third Evil Dead movie, the uh, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness, like yeah. that's horror Jinx comedy. Um, did we say it at the same time? We um, did actually. Oh well, I can't not speak. It's a podcast, so damn. Um, anyway, uh, I, I kind of consider that the horror comedy. I kind of consider um, something else. I can't think of in that genre. I don't think this is that genre. However. Um, well, anyway, back to what I was getting to, and then I'll get there. A scary movie or something like that. Yeah. But those, well, are, okay, those, no, are, those are more of a farce. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so I, I haven't seen this movie literally in 15 years. So there was a lot of things for me that, A, that was that scene that wasn't in there. But, B, there was things I didn't pick up on when I was a kid. Things you just don't pick up on. You know, I'm just there to watch the pretty lights and uh, and, the, <laughs> and the funny things and whatever. So there was a lot of subtle things that that the movie does well that I didn't pick up on. I never got the gag why she never got the shocks at the beginning of the movie. And he always did, even <laughs> though he was right. And it was because, well, yeah, Bill Murray is trying to get laid. I have no concept of that. When you're eight, I just thought, why is he being mean to the guy with the fro? So anyway, that, and that's what makes this movie so fun and interesting is to go back and watch. And because I, you're right, I, the jokes are still funny. I still laugh when, when Janine is talking about her hobbies as if what she does is, you know, reading her dumb magazines makes her actually cultured. And then she asks Egon what he does. And he says, I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Like I still laughed at that, you know, because, you know, there's this supposed budding relationship here and he's just, you know, he's Sheldon Cooper. Yeah. I think that's what I put in my notes. Um, They've got the Sheldon Penny thing going on. Right. Exactly. Only, Penny is chasing Sheldon in this case. Um, <laughs> Amy, sorry, Sheldon. Amy. Yeah, Amy. I guess that would be better. But yeah. Amy's an idiot receptionist. Um, but she's not idiot. She's just. It doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, so I had another side story I was going to go down, but I forgot what it was. So whatever. So the world rejoices. So the world rejoices. Yeah, and it was much rejoicing. 
Um, one of the good things about this movie is that there are a lot of fun quotes and things like that. So, oh, speaking of uh, Ghostbusters and quotes and things, wh- what is this movie? Well, our friend Catherine tells us what this <laughs> Wow, she actually agreed to do another one after last week's podcast? Yeah, I, it was pretty funny. So, uh, quick side story, um, and her husband <laughs> listens to the podcast, so he's going to get a kick out of this. So, he actually calls me. The day after that this posted, I, got, I posted this Friday. So he calls me Saturday, I think, or maybe Sunday. And he says, so first off, I don't appreciate you guys transitioning from boobs to my wife. <laughs> and I, and I of was course, not involved. He was, of course, joking. He laughed and we had a good laugh about it. And he, he asked me some, he, he, it is funny. He always, he always calls me after the podcast airs and he says, okay, I have to do, disagree with Sam, but I agree with you or vice versa. It's just funny. Yeah. So anyway. Good job, Billy. You just got a shout out on a, yeah. on a podcast. Anyway, we should have him as a guest star one of these days. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, if we ever do a movie about um, superheroes, well, if we do Superman, then yeah, he would want to yeah. be on this. Okay, here we go. Three unemployed parapsychology professors set up shop as a unique ghost removal service. Human sacrifice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's awesome. <laughs> Human sacrifice. So obviously that was a very short intro. Um, Cats and Catherines. Yeah. Yes. So nice. thank you, Catherine. It's a very yes, short intro. Uh, the one on Netflix was was short and dumb, so we just kept it for the, the IMDb. So in case you don't know what this movie is, in case you are listening for the first time, and not the first time, well, even, you might be listening to the first time, um, Welcome if you are. And if you are, that this is your first episode listening, then go back to episode one and then catch up. But if you don't yes. want to do that, then for all, okay. for all intents and purposes, this podcast, we take movies and we talk about them. That's as simple as it yep. gets. Um, new, old, bad, good. We, we do it everything. We're, you know, we're cheap seats. So, <laughs> um, crap. What was I going to say? Um, we're just about inter- in, what the movie is. The movie. Yeah, what the movie is. So in case, yeah, so that's what the movie is. It's basically the these, is, these three guys. Uh, they're scientists, quote unquote scientists, uh, paranormal scientists, and all this weird ghosty stuff starts happening, and they go around and they catch them uh, in this equipment that they make by hand, I guess, um, and then they store them. And then Walter Peck, who is like one of the most hated villains in all of TV history. Uh, comes around and turns off the machine, and all hell breaks loose, and then they save the day. So it's um, kind of like Pokemon, but with uh, ghosts, right? Okay, yes. sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the younger crowd, then yes, <laughs> I guess. Um, I'm, I'm kind of kidding about the Pokemon, except you know, murderous things and uh, whatever. Go ahead. So William William Atherton, the guy that played Peck, Walter Peck, actually has stated in a in a on the DVD commentary that he regrets doing this role. Because he became uh-huh. such a hated person that people would literally see him in New York and want to get in. Like, he actually got into altercations, physical altercations, because of this movie. Wow. Which And this is this is saying something, because this is the guy who was the douchebag in Die Hard in, later on in 89. And then was again the douchebag in Die Hard 2 in 1991. So clearly he's good at that role. Um, but he, he's got the face, you know, but he was kind of, and when you give the guy named Walter Peck, I mean, come on, of course it reminds me of Willow when the guy says out of the way, Peck, but anyway, so, <laughs> um, 
There's your Willow reference. Um, wow. Yeah, who, who knew we could have gotten there? Uh, so, so going back to this horror comedy thing, I'm watching this movie, again, trying to do fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. You know, I cleaned them and washed them in fresh eyes. And if you go into it not knowing what's coming up next, this movie starts off damn creepy. If you think about it. In the library. You're mm-hmm. in the library, and all yep. of a sudden this thing jumps out and scares this poor woman, and there's books yep. flying around and being all weird. And if they don't come out, immediately turn you on your ear with the kind of silly uh, uh, junior music. What's his name? Um, Ray Parker. Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, I about said Robert Downey Jr., but that wasn't <laughs> That'd be awesome. If it wasn't for that, immediately transforming you to this is a kind of a comedy. This is that. This has that kind of creepy start to it, and it immediately reminded me of Hook with Robin Williams. If huh, the first fifteen minutes of that movie, especially in the scene when Hook comes and steals the kids, yeah. and all the all he, he 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 takes that hook and he rips through the house, it's actually pretty creepy. Yeah. And it's not until we get Tinkerbell involved and we we realize that this is kind of a silly thing, and you know. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't know going into this, that this actually has the tone of being really creepy. And I bet if we actually re-edit this movie and take out the the silly music and put in music from like Jaws or The Exorcist or Poltergeist, this movie could actually be really creepy. <laughs> um, I used to have nightmares because well, of this movie. And, and well, can you? Was it Chad? Didn't you used to work in a library? I did used to work in a yeah, library. And I used to work in and, the library up at App and um, Appalachian well, College. I, I actually in, still work in a library. I mean, I, libraries I are naturally scare, creepy. They really I mean, are. Especially at night. Yes. when I mean, I used to work – the library that I used to work in, um, it was a two-story library. And I used to work in the, uh, in the downstairs part. And um, from 5 o'clock on, I would be the only employee that was down there. And it was well, it was the children's department, but um, I was in high school and it didn't matter. And <laughs> they put all the kids' books downstairs. I don't know. So, but anyway, at night, you know, I had I'd have to lock things up. But there was this long corridor um, that I'd have to bring you know things up, um, go to the elevator, and and come upstairs. Well, it was kind of like a combination of ghost the beginning shots of Ghostbusters and The Shining. Nice. Oh dear. <laughs> And this was like this was a nightly thing, so I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not ashamed to say that it kind of creeped me out almost on a nightly basis. I mean, going having to lock that place up by myself. Yeah, there's something to, about the, the claustrophobic aisles, the the long, you know, the long views down these things, be, you know, going down the down the aisles and having to turn the corner without knowing what's there. It's it's a creepy place. I think they did a great job. Finding something that wasn't overly, I don't know, you know, they could have done this with a cemetery, you know, in a, yeah, somebody, uh, janitor in a cemetery or something like that. But uh, I think it was a great idea to do it in the library and, uh, and they, they did it well. Yeah. For some reason in our, um, culture, I don't know if that's the phrase, but there are certain things that just, ex- uh, um, extrude, that's not the word, um, um, Exude? Yes, thank you. Exude creepy. Um, theaters, usually performance theaters, not movie theaters, but performance theaters, for some reason, every one of them's haunted for whatever reason. We don't know why. 
Um, I mean, I work at a local theme park. I worked at a local theme park with a theater that had been there since the late seventies. And being in there by yourself, I think Corny, you might experience that. Being in oh, that yeah. building by yourself at night is damn creepy. And once you turn the lights off, it sucks. <laughs> um, we actually kept a light on backstage that ran all the time, 24-7. We literally called it the ghost light. And one day <laughs> I came in, and that thing was off, and I almost didn't go where I needed to go. I almost <laughs> made one of my techs go get it. Um, and then I currently work in a building that also has a, a, a theater-type venue, and it also was um, none of my student employees want to go in there at night and work by themselves. It's just the way it is. Um, I don't know why our brains do that. Um, to us, there's probably nothing uh, creepy about them except that everyone that's worked in both locations have told me that they've seen things and heard things, and I kind of have too. But besides, besides the point, I, I digress a little bit. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I think the opening scene worked, and I thought it was real fun, and I like the fact that our heroes, once they eventually confront the the, the ghost, our heroes are cowards. Yep. Yeah. Um, they are Scooby Doo. Oh yes, there you go. Or or, or shaggy, you know. Yeah. You immediately so, relate to them immediately because you would yeah. all we'd all three of us if we walked in or four of us there are four of us uh, all four of us <laughs> if we walked into the uh, our local library and because someone said we should and we saw a freaking <laughs> spectral thingy whatever they use the mumbo jumbo that they use and it upper torso floating apparatus. Okay, Jeez. you've seen this before, <laughs> and it jumped at us. All th- four of us would would probably Pee our pants. yeah we would void our bladders and then we would run. That um, scene maybe that, not me right now, but yeah, I, I, I remember that scene from uh, my childhood. Push like, you out in a wheelchair, like I was so scared of it. that scene. <laughs> no, like caused me nightmares. Right? Yeah. And it yeah, was just when like, she turns into the, you know, when she turns in from the nice little librarian into the the scary ghost. You know what it reminded me a little of, the uh, the Lord of the Rings with Galadriel. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, all yeah. of a sudden, really evil on you. I was like, I wonder if we're scarring a new set of ge- a new generation of kids. Well, some of the trivia <laughs> I read, there's a lot of trivia on this movie, and that's yes, that's just what happens when you have kind of a cult classic film that this is. Uh, one of the trivia pieces is is that 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 dummy that they used to scare her was actually the second dummy. The first one was actually deemed too scary. And they oh, ended up, they ended up using it later, uh, in fright night as a pro. Oh, wow. Which wow. I think fright night is actually kind of more of a horror comedy. Yeah. Uh, I think I know the new one is just straight horror, but I think that that one was a kind of horror comedy anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm now kind of diving into my, my notes at this point. Sure. Um, uh, they're, they're okay, all... so the movie gets long, and she's in the library. They they meet the ghost in the library. Yeah, they get kicked out of their their their, their, their university jobs because, quite frankly, they can't prove anything. And and in most universities, they want some type of proof that you're actually doing something. And, uh, and especially and... with his little experiment he was doing, which was a funny gag. Right. Yeah, you'd get kicked out of university doing stuff like that pretty quick. Yeah, especially if the whole goal is just to sleep with pretty blondes. Exactly. Um, With big hair. Oh, my God, the hair in this movie. The hair had more... I know, it's the 80s. (laughs) You're smack in the middle of the 80s. And that's the one thing about this movie that I thought was pretty interesting, is that there are some movies that are... Timeless isn't the right word, but... um, but that's the only word I can think of. Like, 
Batman, 1989 Batman, uh, except for the fact that you stick Prince in there, <laughs> the movie could be at any time. Timeless, yep. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But but Prince ruined that, and that's the producer's fault, and uh, Tim Burton has hated the producer's ever since then for sticking, making him stick Prince in his really good movie. Yeah. Um, again, this movie though, I think you need Ray Parker Jr. Which one is it? Ray Parker. Yeah, Jr. yeah Ray Parker Ray Jr. Parker. You, you need him in the movie because that's what the movie needs. It needs that 1980s feel. Uh Oh, we just lost Sam. Um, the ghost got him. Yeah. No. Oh, great. Uh, let me just see if I can. Add him back real quick. I know this is great for podcasting. This is awesome. It takes this is more than... cheap seats, folks. Yeah, cheap seat reviews. And could, could we edit that? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pause it. Okay, and we're back. That was fun. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> yes, that, thank you. That exciting uh, blue screen of death. <sighs> we were just talking about uh, Ray Parker Jr. and how I feel that. This movie needs that that 1980s music, um, uh, and th- and that's fine, and it's fun, um, and yes, it dates the movie to hell, and that's fine. Uh, the hair certainly dates the movie too, um, and the 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 CGI, you know, the cartoon, you know, proton pack thing certainly does it too. But that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it. But the, again, the see, like the, the the ghosts themselves actually look great. Um, you really couldn't see that it was. Um, you couldn't really see the cell frames as they had float through. You know, Slimer looked great. Yep. You know, so I mean, um, I think the movie totally holds up. I really do, and not just because I think we're all fans of the movie, um, because we can all agree that Ghostbusters Two is pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's not Ivan Rutman's fault. I don't think. I just think it was a. It was just a bad movie. He's the director, by the way, Ivan Rutman. Uh, and he's done some really great stuff, this director. Um, uh, if I can pull his deal over here. Uh, he He's done such things as um, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, um, Director, uh, Stripes, Meatballs, Foxy yes. Lady, uh, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Dave, Junior, Father's Day, Six Days and Seven Nights, which is a personal favorite because it's a really bad movie, but there's... There's a really funny line in the movie where, if you don't know what that movie is, I don't want to talk about it too much, but Harrison <laughs> Ford and Anne Hayes are stranded on an island, and she has a flare, and she sees a commercial airliner, and she shoots off the flare, and Harrison Ford gets all mad, and he says, why did you shoot our only flare? And she said, I was trying to signal the plane, and he says, that plane is a mile in the air. They wouldn't see a nuclear explosion if they were looking for it. Anyway, um, evolution. Just tie it in a fridge. Just hide in the fridge. Oh, right. Yeah, just get out of the fridge. Nice. Uh, Super ex-girlfriend, no strings attached, draft day. Space Jam was a producer. Uh, Nice. That makes me really happy. Um, (laughs) What also had Bill Murray, uh, randomly. Yes, it did. Maybe that's how Bill Murray got in that movie. Um, I don't know. Uh, Executive producer of Eurotrip and Old School. Nice. How about Hitchcock? How about that? Yeah, I like it. So anyway, he's done some obviously some some good stuff. Um, so yay to him. Um, anyway, uh, so what so where we're we going? Well, we're just talking about the movie. So so they so they so they decide to they go into business for themselves and they 
they get the this this cool fire station, which is in New York. It's a real building in New York. Yes. Um, and a couple of times you can act, I've actually seen it in other TV shows. They'll drive by. I go, hey, that's the the thing, and uh, and Sarah just makes fun of me. Of course, there's actually an episode of Castle where they walk by it, and I go, hey, look, that's the fire station. And then he actually says, hey, that's the fire station from Ghostbusters. So anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. oh, can I just uh, throw out since we're uh, talking about them going in business for themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Murray is creepy. And I didn't realize how creepy he was <laughs> until the first time he meets uh, Sigourney Weaver. You know, I wouldn't use the word yeah. creepy. I would use smarmy or smarmy. Um, swarly? No. Um, swarly, yeah. <laughs> he's um, he's a smooth talker. He's a, I wouldn't call him creepy. Well, I'll put it this way. I don't know. He's pretty creepy. He's, yeah. he's in he's in her apartment, and she gets creeped out by him, and she try kind of tries to kick him out, and yeah, he but she's doesn't like, leave. But she's laughing, and they're having a good time. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't bother me. It to me, it wasn't. I mean, I guess you can use creepy, I guess, but uh, I would. I'm in nervous laughter. I love the line in there. It was like he goes checks the checks out the bedroom, and he, and she says. That's the bedroom. Nothing ever happens in there. Nothing ever happened in there. Yeah. And he turns around and said, that is a travesty. Right. Or something like that. Yeah, and she laughs. So, I mean, she's, a, you know, yeah, she knows immediately. I think she even calls him a game show host. I would have actually yeah. used the term used car salesman. Yeah. Um, yeah. He kind of has that throughout the whole movie. The gift of gab. Yeah, he's I mean, confident. He's confident, and, and he has the gift of conversation. Which is really funny because if you think about the movie itself, he is the heavy. He's the yep. he's the leader of the trio, or the quartet. But even the poster only has the three of them. That's how little they thought of uh, uh, what's his face, Winston. Um, Winston. Winston. What's his real yeah. name? Um, well, he didn't come in until later, anyway. Right, but I mean, like he gets the shaft in this movie and the second movie. I mean, yeah, did he? Have a like, there's, there's almost no point. Movie. There's no point in him being there. I mean, I understand, you know, reading through the trivia, originally Eddie Murphy was supposed to have that How part. How freaking awesome would that have been? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Again, I, Eddie I Murphy can be very good or very bad. If it would have been the annoying See, it's, it's Beverly 19... Hills cop Eddie Murphy, eesh. It's 1984. He was still in his prime. That's why he couldn't do the movie, because he was doing Beverly Hills cop, which yeah. beat this movie for the highest grossing film of the year. But... I, I don't know. I kind of would like to have seen him as that funny, because he would have had to have taken a back seat. Though he would have been in the movie more. In fact, he was actually written in the script to get slimed by Slimer yep. in the hotel. That's how and early. I seen... <laughs> yeah. But you could, that would have gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. they would actually. In fact, they might have actually had to make the movie rated R just for him. Oh what the! Oh, oh you gotta be F- kidding me, you son of a! Oh, I'm a kid. So yeah, he slammed me out of a window. Right. <laughs> 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 me out the window. Nice. I think I think that they I nice think they did back. a really good job with with the Winston character because he kind of represented the the non scientific approach. He was just kind of like he's just a just a, a just a working a blue collar guy off the street. You know, whatever you want me to, I'll believe in whatever you want me to, as long as the pay's good. See, my and only issue with him is that all he has, he has more than one-liners, but most of his dialogue is just one-liners. I've seen yeah. stuff that'll turn oh, you did, white. You mean? <laughs> did anybody <laughs> notice, notice the, the blatant um, 
this job ain't worth the eleven five I'm getting. Yeah, eleven yeah. five yeah. a year. And I'm like, oh lord, he wasn't getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I was like, even in 1984, that's not a lot of money for New York. It's not a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God, for New York? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, I made more of that at Carowinds, and that's part-time seasonal. So, anyway, um, I know it's obviously 20 years later, 30 years later, but that's the point. Um, hmm. I just didn't think his character had a purpose in the movie. I would have been fine with it just being the three of them, truly. Um, but then I, you wouldn't have had the, um, the, the big... Conflict between science and religion, so to speak. You know the belief in the afterlife and the, the things Filler. like that. <laughs> I mean, Filler. Really, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Truly, he his truly his only purpose is to have that deep conversation with Ray in the and they're in their car. To me, yeah. I mean, that's the only point of having him in there because you can't have that conversation with Bill Murray because he can't take it seriously. And Egon probably is the biggest skeptic ever. Like he would never believe in God. He's yeah. a scientist. That's so. I mean, I get why he's in there. I just kind of wish he had more to do. Introduce yeah. him in earlier in the movie, but whatever. He's uh, he did fine. I just wish he could have been in it more. Um, I did uh, in my tropes. I do this one actually had more tropes than I thought. Even though if it was a comedy, um, it still had a lot of tropes. Uh, you know, coward heroes. Uh, I put the leader is a skeptic. I just think it's funny that the leader of this group doesn't believe in what he's doing until he actually gets slimed, you know? Yeah. Um, like to him, he's just trying to find a way to make money. And then he realizes that this is a real thing and that he's actually going to have to do stuff. And, and you guys know, you know, night. I teach business and I teach small business management, right? And I, I know Corny mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you know, they start this business, but does anybody find it a little bit jerkish? That uh, that Forces he made Ray. his friend yeah. take out all this money to start a business that he himself does not believe in. Oh yeah, no, like you said, he's a used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean, the first time I realized that. This time I was like, he is completely swindling his best friend. Oh come on, Ray! Everybody has a third mortgage on their house. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're right. No, and, and the funny thing about Bill Murray's character is, is that not only is he, the, I was trying to get this point earlier, not only is he the heavy, he's the hero, but he's also a coward. He's also a skeptic. He's kind of a douche. I mean, he's, he's the anti-hero. He's almost. almost an anti-hero. Yeah, he's almost like, he's almost a Malcolm Reynolds from Serenity without the heart, the badassery. <laughs> Well, he has a heart. I mean, he falls in love for the chick, and, and he obviously believes in the team. I mean, we have that fun moment at the end of the movie when they all think they're going to die, and he says, it was a pleasure working with you. Um, yeah. I like this plan. This is a good plan. This I'm, is a plan we can get behind. I'm, 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 I'm proud to be a I'm, part of it. I, yeah. I'm proud to be a part of it. Let's go. Right. But again, I, I will say that line has gotten me through so many things I have not wanted to do in my life. But the problem is, is that even in that moment, when they realize that they could all die, he still can't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what makes you like him a little bit, is that no matter what happens, he's always just going to put a smile on your face and be be silly, you know, mm -hmm. um, which makes him, again, endearing to you. Because if he didn't have that quality, he's he's just a, uh, a, a nicer version of Walter Peck, you know? <laughs> Because um, if he doesn't make you laugh, he's just a douche. I yeah. mean, you know what I'm saying? If he doesn't make you laugh, yeah. then him <laughs> swindling his best friend Ray, you know, he's a douche. So, anyway. Yeah. But 
It was only 95,000. I mean, you know, jump changer. Oh, and I have to mention too, as you know, he swindled his best friend and, you know, he, we talked about him being in the apartment with Sigourney Weaver trying to remain in the apartment, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, did any, yes, we got you. Did you, (laughs) (laughs) did you, uh, anybody notice when the, the original haunting in her apartment on the counter, you know, the eggs start popping out. Mm-hmm. And I knew this, by the way, before I read the trivia, or I didn't know this. I saw this for the first time today uh, before reading the trivia. The, the Stay Puft marshmallow? marshmallow bag. Yeah. I never noticed that before. I must have seen this movie 30 times. And this is the first time I've noticed the Stay Puft Marshmallows. That's, that's the third thing on my notes. The first, yeah. yeah, literally the thir- third thing is never notice the Stay Puft Marshmallow product placement. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and, you did know, you notice... Really- it really makes no sense. You know, she got eggs and marshmallows. What in the heck is she making? <laughs> fluff. She's making fluff. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. What were you going to say, Corny? Well, I say there's also another uh, sign for the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Uh, right when they, uh, they're they going to get the uh, uh, the station for the first time. Yeah, yeah. It's like a billboard to the, uh, left, or something. Yeah, like a billboard for it. Yeah. I did notice that one today, having not noticed it before also. Um <laughs> But that's kind of far off to the right. That might just be because we're watching it on widescreen now. And back that's then true. I was watching yep. on a three by four format. So I'd, yep. we probably missed some stuff on the edges. And that might be why. Uh, my yeah. second note is Ray is a big kid. When they go, yes, to, the, when they go to the fire, <laughs> you know, whatever, the, to the, the fire station and he slides down the pole. He's like, this place is great. And Egon's like, this place should be condemned. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we'll get it. Yeah, Ray, Ray actually reminds me of Sam. I was thinking, what? you know. Yes. Yes. Of all four of us uh, were the Ghostbusters. Obviously, I know I am. Peter. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You're Vankman. No. No, no. But uh, I thought about it. I was like, oh, Ray would be Sam. I could see it now. Sam, you know, we would get a place and Sam would be like, oh, this place is great. There's a pool. You got to try this pool. That's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, Corny, I think uh, by default you have to be uh, Winston. Winston, and not just, be, not just because you're black, but because um, I got nothing. No, that's pretty much it. That's pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Chad, flip for uh, Egon, or which, which one would you be? Would you be Egon or, or Vankman? Oh no, man! Ooh. Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Who's the the smooth talker of the two of us? The two of yeah. Who would be the smooth talker? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Chad's got some ego. Chad in doesn't him. like to talk to people, so maybe he would have to be. Uh, I guess by default he's Egon, and that would make me Bankman. But yeah, I'm yeah, not. Here. I'm not. See, but I can't do what he does. I can't walk into some random girl's apartment and talk to her. Like I could yep. never do but that. You run into people all the time. I do. Literally. <laughs> uh, anyway, going back to uh, to product placement, I mean, how shameless were the product placements in this movie? The I, I not only that was there two Coke cans in her refrigerator, but did you notice that they were different Coke cans? Yes. Like, yeah. like one was like from 1983, and then the other one was from 1984. Like they were different logos, and I thought, well, that's weird. And who puts them apart? I, I, I stack all my sodas next to each other. Anyway, uh, that's just me. Um, that's just how it goes. Uh, what, other, what, other, what other product placements were there besides the Coke and the, the fake ones? That was the only ones I noticed. Let's see. Uh, they were there drinking Budweiser at one point. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, their last meal when they spent the last of their money at right. the... Uh, was that Budweiser? That was yeah, Budweiser. Was, doesn't he later in the movie say it's Miller time? He does, actually. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure I got that. I thought, did he just say Miller time? It's Miller he, time. Yeah, he actually says that. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Again, I would never have known, known what that meant when I was 12. Um, uh, um, what did I say? Actually, oh. you want to you want to know what I actually thought Miller time meant when I was younger? What's that? Oh dear! Actually, made me think of Reggie Miller, and that seems so clutch. <laughs> I just assumed that meant that oh, it's Miller time, which means that Reggie Miller is going to do something great. Was, that was my thought process. Was Reggie Miller playing like was he a, a, a dominant force in 1984? I thought he was. No, like now I didn't watch. No, I didn't watch the movie in '84. Okay, but when I watched it. <laughs> Right, I to guess me, that's when, what it meant. Yeah, ninety-two yeah. when he was uh, with the Pacers. Yeah, maybe that makes sense. Um, anyway, uh, all the non-NBA fans in the, in the podcast are saying, "Shut up, move on." Um, yes, I loved the car. Everyone loves the car. Yeah, um, it's it's a cool car. It's very unique. They originally painted it black. Trivia: They originally painted it black, and then they were like, "Oh, well, half the shots are going to be at night. Oh, then we'll paint it white because you can't see a black car at night." Um, <laughs> So they painted it white, and that 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 siren is is uh, you know everyone knows that siren. So I'm watching the movie, and of course my my logical analytic brain is kicking in. Did they have to get permits for the car to have sirens? <laughs> I mean, are they allowed to break speed laws? Like they can't? Can they run stoplights? I wouldn't think so. They're just they're yeah. a private company, so. Just because, like, I just kind of felt like halfway through the movie, I'm watching this going, I'm surprised no one's complained about a noise ordinance for that siren. Like, if I was walking and I heard that, I'd call the police. Like, that guy's making too much noise. Anyway, that's what my brain goes to. <laughs> um, and, of course, the other part of my brain's thinking, why didn't Egon, who knows everything about everything, know that they should have gotten permission from the EPA before they put a nuclear reactor <laughs> in their basement? No, it's non-licensed. <laughs> right. Well, not not even just the proton packs, which of course trivia tells us that they don't use that word proton pack until Ghostbusters two, um, but they sure sold a whole bunch of them when we were kids as proton packs. Oh yeah, um, and they. So anyway, um, I didn't have one. My friend had one, but we built ours out of um, an old backpack and some some hose and some uh, some toy guns that we had. We just glued them together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we were Ghostbusters. We all were. Um, oh yes. Uh, I also never got the gag when he says, he says, all right, well, we've got this. What did you, what, what's the quote, Chad? We've got unlicensed, untested nuclear. Well, cells. each of us have a, has an unlicensed, untested nuclear, uh, unregistered nuclear device on their back. Right. So he says, okay, well, turn me on. And he turns it on and then they both kind of back away because they're afraid <laughs> of it. I never got that gag before. <laughs> I always, I literally thought that. He was just, I actually thought he was taking a step over to turn on Bill Murray's pack when I was a kid. And then For those of you at home, uh, the, the scene, they're, they're in an elevator, right. so it would makes it funnier because they're... Yeah. Right, yeah, they're in a tight space, they're in an elevator, there's nowhere to go, and they turn on this thing that may or may not explode because no one has tested it. Uh, there's even a funny line when Bill Murray says, or Egon says, I blame myself for not testing this. And Bill Murray says, so do I. <laughs> um, they had a lot of really funny uh, back and forth moments there was another funny back and forth that was ad-libbed 
when Bill Murray says, I actually wrote down the quote. Remember that time you tried to drill a hole in your head? And Egon says, it would have worked had you not stopped me. Um, <laughs> that line was ad-libbed. I just thought that was funny. Um, they said like every scene in this movie had was ad-libbed. Like 80 per, not 80%, but like literally every shoot, every shot, someone ad-libbed something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read that too. And I, it's amazing when you really think about it, but it's, I can't imagine the movie anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you wonder if that's just the beauty of, you know, you got Bill Murray at his absolute best, Dan Aykroyd at his at his best, you know, and and it's just it's perfect, right. perfect. Um, real quick, I'm gonna blast through some more of these because, um, well, yeah, because I'm going through. Uh, I never got the gag again. This is what happens when you're 12 watching this, and then you don't watch it for 15 years. When they're doing the first bill for the guy at the hotel, uh, they've <laughs> they've destroyed this this beautiful. <laughs> hotel trying to to trap Slimer because they've never used these this equipment before. And they just destroy this expensive ballroom. And then he says, well, so he knows the bill, and Harold Ramos kind of sticks his hand on the side of his face yeah. and wiggles his fingers as four. And he says, 4000 plus we have a special for another 1000 so $5,000. I never got that. I always just thought that 4000 was the number. Like that was the, the the designated number that's on their price sheet. You know, it's on their menu. <laughs> And then Harold Ramos just comes up with this number. Basically, this is the number it has to be for us to stay afloat. Um, <laughs> um, and then I wrote, let me say, LOL, Ghost BJ. That made me funny. That made me laugh. Um, <laughs> Walter Peck sounds like a douchebag name. Um, oh, the Dragon Ball Z phenomenon. What did I mean by that? What? Oh, the Dragon Ball Z phenomenon. Okay. What, bear with me. It made sense when I wrote it down. Oh, you got a bear with you? Yes. <laughs> ring bearer. Ring, ring bearer. Ring bear. <laughs> yeah, ring bear. Um, so the movie does this thing where heroes are formed and then bad things happen and then they're, they're the only ones that can stop it and then there's the fight at the end. So do the bad things happen because these guys showed up, the heroes, the Ghostbusters, or do the Ghostbusters exist because of the bad things? And that's what I mean by the Dragon Ball Z phenomenon. Dragon Ball Z, for those of you who don't know what the heck that is, it's an anime, and there's these heroes, and they're strong heroes. And the only reason why they're strong is because there's bad guys who are stronger. And every I'll time st- they defeat... No. And every time they defeat one, then a new bad guy comes because they heard about this strong force on Earth, and they got to come down and destroy it. So that's why I call it the Dragon Ball Z phenomenon, is are the Ghostbusters creating the ghosts because of their presence or the Ghostbusters exist because of the ghost. I just thought it was kind of a funny thing. So how strong were these guys? 9,000! They were overnight. <laughs> um, uh, we're nerds. Uh, I did like the bit where um, Bankman goes over to see um, Sydney. Crap, what's her name? Um, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. I almost said Sydney Poitier for some reason. Um, <laughs> wow, that would have been a really different movie. And she's been possessed by the dog demon thing which all right Zool. so let me get there the dog demons show up they go and they find humans for some reason and then they become the human the dog disappears and they become the human and then the human and they for some reason each one was very different like she was all sexy and strong and powerful and rick moranis was just rick, rick moranis, moranis. <laughs> He just Rick Moranist all over the screen. <laughs> and then... Which got a PG rating, actually. And then they... Yeah, thank you. So <laughs> and, then he, and then they get together, 
and then they turn back into dogs. And so my my whole thought was, why did they need people? Why couldn't the dogs just be the dogs to open up the door? Because dogs don't have paws, and they can't yeah. open the door. But they it doesn't move they, the storyline along. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the only thing. Is the only reason why you have the dogs do the thing that they do is to create peril for the girlfriend, so that you have that moment later on the movie when Bill Murray thinks that she's died. Uh, like that's literally that. That's the only reason. I mean, I'm not saying that they're that they're bad. I mean, the CGI. On Maybe those, they needed some sort of human form to. Well, open the gate. I mean, if you know what I mean. Quote. Why? <laughs> Actually, I don't want to know what you mean at all. <laughs> One's I, the gatekeeper, right? And one is the master. Right, yeah, we oh, get, no, 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 stop that. So, yeah, we do get, I need yeah. to explain this to you, Opie? Yeah, here's Russell the thing. I, I, get the, I get the sexual innuendo <laughs> with, with, the, with the thing. I get that. Yes. You know, again, at eight years old, I, don't, I didn't get that. But I get it now. But here's the thing. They don't have sex. Like, How do you know that? We saw this. They he walks tired in, at the top of the building. He, he. Well, maybe. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, we see them. Like, we see them again, and you know, Rick his, Moranis is laying there. And if you notice closely, his belt is his belt is, uh, is, uh, is loosened. Well, maybe that's it. Yeah, and yeah. we already know through through the experience of Ray's ghostly BJ, that's the first thing to come off in any kind of yeah, act. You have to take the belt off. You know, so now that you're saying that, okay, I'll buy it. Fine. <laughs> I'm all in. They have to have sex yes. for whatever reason. It's still a bad reason, but they, could, they have to have sex oh, for some reason. Well, this comes out of the 1970s, too. You know, right after the 1970s and, you know. It's just the know, funny thing is, is that. Goofy time in everybody's life. Sigourney Weaver is like nine feet tall and Rick Moranis is like <laughs> three eight. And just to see, like, how does the logistics of that work? Anyway. Um, I just thought that was funny. Uh, so anyway, actually to, to get back down. over here uh, to where I was originally going is that she's now possessed and she's she thinks that Bill Murray is the gatekeeper. So she's trying to seduce him. And mm-hmm. he says, I don't really I have a rule against, you know, having sex with or getting with possessed people. And then she throws him herself on top of him. And he says, that's more of a guideline than a rule. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and then of course immediately I thought did the Pirates of the Caribbean steal that from this perhaps perhaps I also found there was a quote in this movie that uh, is this real small moment um, when uh, Bill Murray goes and he's kind of stalking her after their rehearsal because uh, she plays cello which oddly enough in the Netflix like the whole thing is the Netflix one literally says something about her being a cellist. And I thought we barely even know that in the movie. So why does that matter? But it doesn't matter. Anyway, he stalks her or whatever. And he, he's outside and Bill Murray says, you were the best one on your row. And I was, mm-hmm. a, I was a musician in high school, middle mm-hmm. school, high school and college. And every time my dad would come to a performance, he would always come up to me and say, you were the best one on your row. And I just thought that was dad being dad. You know, a, a, a dad, you know, giving praise. Now that I know that he's quoting freaking Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually that actually makes me happier. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. Dad, if you're listening, thanks. Um, what else? No, uh, he, he told me he doesn't listen. Oh, well, fine. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, more of a guy like Carl Winslow. There's a Carl Winslow sighting. 
We were just talking about that before the, the podcast. Uh, what's his real name? Uh, well, original Bill Johnson. Right. He's the dad from Family Matters, who is a cop. And in this movie, he's a cop. And in Die Hard, he's a cop. And in Die Hard 2, he's, he's not a cop. a cop. What? In Die Hard 2, he's also a cop. He's a cop, yeah. Yeah. What did you say, Sam? Is, is there any movie where he's not a cop? Corny? Uh, I, I'm looking right now. And, uh... <laughs> I only know because Corny said he was going to look and pull it up. Um, uh, there, there's several movies where he's not a cop, but <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. He's either a cop or some large being like Santa or a judge. Nice. <laughs> so good job for him um, and all that he does. Uh, I, I still like him. In, in, I mean, not only is he in Die Hard, is he a cop, but his boss on the show Family Matters is also his boss in Die Hard. I mean, how weird is that? Hmm. So oh. he would be our Die Hard connection. Um, Wait a minute, doesn't Die Hard take place in Chicago? No, it's, no. it's L.A. It's in L.A. That's right. That's and, right. Come out of the coast. Yeah, come to the coast if you last. Yeah. And also, freaking uh, Anthony, what's his face is in it? Well, Peck, he's in that movie too. God, weird. Two Die Hard connections in the same movie. Strange. Huh. Anyway. Um, Maybe it's the same universe. Uh, probably not. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> I did think it was funny that instead of shaking the camera to simulate ground shaking, they just had the people shake. Shake. Oh, my. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> it was very, it was very, uh, uh, very Star Trek: The Next Generation. I thought, but anyway, what were you gonna say, Corny? Uh, it was so awful. I didn't realize how bad it was until um, yeah, the, the the scene where the the fake avalanche happens, yeah. and it looks like. Hell Ramus is going into convulsion. He does. Right there. <laughs> he just starts. He's the worst at it too. <laughs> and I, again, I laughed like we're laughing now. I literally laughed and I thought, well, I mean, this whole movie is kind of a comedy. So why not? Why shouldn't yeah. I laugh at this moment? But I just thought, I thought it was a weird choice to not, because usually you shake the camera. You give the camera a night. Cause if you can't shake the ground and put the set on a gimbal and actually yeah. shake the ground, then you, then you usually you shake the camera. But I guess they're like, uh, we can't guys, do that. Yeah, we only <laughs> we only got thirty eight million dollars, and we used what was it thirty thousand dollars on the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? So, although that's pretty good investment if you think about it, yeah. that was one of the better effects. Yeah. And I, that's another note I wrote down was uh, you can certainly, and of course, this is nineteen eighty four. You can't compare it to things nowadays or even in the nineties. Mm-hmm. You can certainly tell the real effects. With the the special simulated effects, right. does that make sense? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The ghosts, some of them are pretty bad, but then you've got the thing like the taxi driver, and even the even the um, the earthquake, and in terms of the ground and the the building crumbling yeah. and things like that, that are that are pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. The practical effects in this movie are actually really really good. I mean, again, this movie was only a budget of thirty eight million dollars. I mean, and I say yeah. only, but I mean. In 1984, that's actually pretty good money, but it's not. Uh, it's not a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, um, it's not original Bell Johnson money, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, you can't afford him with only uh, 38 million dollars. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, I made myself chuckle. Yeah, All right, I'm, I'm glad you did. Right. <laughs> uh, that makes me happy that you are laughing. Um, Oh my just, gosh! Go ahead. Let me just add a couple more things while I'm thinking about it right Please. now. If we can go back to the the bedroom scene, so to speak. No, okay. And uh, yeah, <laughs> um, he, he, Bill Murray says, you know, uh, when she 
she's he's talking to Egon and like I've got, I'm sitting here with the with the gatekeeper and um uh, well it is she okay and she think, yeah I, she's been uh, I sedated her and I just think where did he get the sedation the sedative yeah. from <laughs> did he just carried it with him uh yeah that is weird yeah huh. and it's like a real drug it's not like he gave her Nyquil yeah he said he said I gave her a couple couple yeah a couple hundred cc's of something it's like well where did he get that from did you run down to the drugstore and say hey i'm a doctor you can trust me <laughs> okay um heading back backtracking for just half a second with the budget um 38 million dollars apparently was actually pretty freaking good because i was looking at the uh, same year star trek 3 came out only had a budget of 17 million huh so good job um for whatever reason, they just thought that Ghostbusters was worth more money investment than the, the search Star for Tr- Spock. Than the search for Spock. That's weird. Anyway, uh, I mean, it is Star Trek, though. I mean, who would think that would do well? Yeah, it was only ridiculously successful, um, especially, <laughs> by the, especially Wrath of Khan. Anyway. Khan, yeah, uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, right, so, so a couple more real quick tropes. Um, the convenient TV commercial. Like, I don't even remember her having the TV. I don't remember her turning the TV on to see the commercial. Like, no, right she, she she turned it on. She walked in, you know, because Rick Moran says, oh, yeah, your TV was loud. So what I did was turn my TV on loud, too. So we both oh, that's right. Yeah, they explained, the whole bit. That's right. they explained why the TV was on. That's right. So the ghost turned it on. And it just happened to turn it on. And leave it on so that the channel that we would need to see that commercial on. That was convenient. Um, I did think it weird that the whole montage, we kept seeing her point of view. Does that seem strange to anybody else? Like the the montage is they're catching ghosts and then we see her exercise. Catching ghosts, she's cooking something. Catching ghosts, Larry King Live, which was his theatrical debut, his film debut. And then we go back to see her stringing her cello. Okay, why, why do we care her? I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Maybe it's showing her progression to like Bankman. But, I don't know. To me, it just seems like superficial. Otherwise, otherwise you're not going to have enough, you know, Sigourney Weaver time. I guess. You, you are paying for it. Um, MR, Mr. Stay Puff getting blasted in the face was a cool-looking effect, I wrote. Um, that nuclear blast that he takes yeah. when they cross the streams. Um, and the fire rolling up the building. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was a cool look, yeah. too. That, yeah. Um, well, it's just fire. Um, but still. But I mean, like the Stay Puft bit, it actually kind of reminded me of uh, Indiana Jones and in the the first one, when Melty Face Guy gets it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. It's part of the same technology, I guess. Um, other tropes. Newspaper articles. You can tell this is 1984 because they're using newspaper clippings to <laughs> tell us what's going on. Um so anyway, uh, and then bureaucrats are evil. That's another big trope. All bureaucrats are evil. Um, they're all just because you work for a big government agency doesn't mean that your rules and guidelines are meant for the rest of us. Um, I just thought that was interesting. I also thought anybody else think it was weird. I don't know. Do do we do do mayors kiss cardinals on the hand? Is that still a thing? Well, maybe if he's Catholic. I, I guess that's true. I guess if he is Catholic, and he did kind of have that. Um, Lenny, the mayor Lenny, or maybe he was Catholic. I don't know. I just thought for some reason that was weird to me. I don't know why. Um, 
Anyway, I just thought it was funny. Anyway, uh, so that, I have a whole bunch of other trivia, but I'm not going to really, I mean, yeah. here, here's one thing. I do want to do this one real quick. Well, like I said, I have a bunch, and there's a whole lot, so go read it online. Here's a fun one. In the middle of the film's initial release, to keep interest going, Ivan Rutman, director, had a trailer run, which was basically the commercial the Ghostbusters use in the movie, but with the 55 number instead replaced with a 1-800 number, allowing people to call. They got a recorded message of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd saying something to the effect of, Hi, we're out catching ghosts right now. We can't talk. They got 1,000 calls per hour, 24 hours a day, for six weeks. Wow. <laughs> That's friggin' awesome. That's actually really cool. Um, That's how they afforded to pay for Rachel Bill Johnson. Uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, here's the, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, Ivan Rettman says that he received a call from William Atherton complaining that the, the movie had ruined his life, that the character Walter Peck was so hated by people that people would, would talk to Atherton as if they were giving the character Peck a piece of their mind. Apparently more than once physical fights had been started with Atherton in bars. Um, well, this is kind of fun, talking about the creepy stuff. Coincidentally... I don't believe in coincidence. Rule number 32 if you watch NCIS. There are no coincidences. With a movie about ghosts and ghost busting, the film of the jail scene was actually a prison reported to be haunted. And the dailies, which is dailies are you, you film and then you take that film and then you go and you, you watch it in a, in a machine before you actually process the film and you're actually looking over what you shot. The dailies had many scratches all over them with no apparent physical cause. Ivan Rutman was concerned about returning there, but the crew was very relieved to find enough footage to complete the scene without returning. I think that's freaking awesome that there's weird things going on on your movie about ghosts. Now, that kind of stuff happens all the time, like the movie um, uh, The Omen. Like, there's trivia in the movie about the Omen. I don't know why I even know yeah. this, but it's like the the plane on the way to the shoot got struck by lightning twice. Well, planes get hit by lightning not all the time, but it does happen. But it only matters because you're doing a movie about creepy stuff, you know? So Yeah. yeah. Um, and, of course, the big trivia, which I do want to mention just a second of, not trivia, but something I want to talk about, is Huey Lewis in the news turned down an offer to write and record a theme song for Ghostbusters. They later sued Ray Parker Jr. for plagiarism, citing the similarities between his theme song and their earlier hit, I Want a New Drug. Now, uh, I actually got to listen to a really cool radio uh, kind of interview about that particular thing. And basically what happened was the producers said, hey, Mr. News and the news, um, <laughs> we, want, we want your song, I Want a New Drug. That's that we want that for our movie, but we want you to make it about ghost busting. And he said, "Well, I'm going to write my own style for them." And he said, "No, no, no, we want that sound." And he said, "No, you're going to get what I want to write." And they said, "Okay, then we're not going to use you." Then they said, "Hey, Mr. Parker Jr., um, since you're clearly not doing anything, we want you to write a song that sounds just like that song." And then apparently he heard some jingle on like a like a car commercial or something. And who you're going to, it was a bug commercial, extermination commercial. And who you're going to call is where he got that from. So not only did he steal that line from another commercial, then he stole the freaking music from the news. So, and you can argue all you want about it. He stole that music. Go on, go YouTube. 
I want a new drug and the Ghostbusters theme, and people have overlaid them, and it is uncanny how close they are. Just like um, Super Freak and um, what's it? Can't not can't touch this. The, is it yeah, that's it. yeah, can't touch this. Are pretty much the same song. It's the same beat. So uh, I just thought that was some interesting, fun things. Um, cool. Anything else? Anybody have anything else? Any tropes? Any uh, any things that they want to talk about? Well, Actually, I have uh, I have two. Well, not really two tropes, but I have one trope and then one uh, one uh, thing I've only noticed in this movie. Um, the uh, the trope that I'm thinking of is the the evil entity that shows up in the large city always brings this big ass thunderstorm cloud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And and yeah. after it's defeated, the skies are clear. Yeah. Doesn't matter if the thing was at night; it becomes daytime immediately. Yeah, that is weird. It was nighttime when they got there, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. It didn't last all night. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like the Avengers and... Well, and, okay, that, that's not really it. But, I mean, Avengers still. And I, I need to, to, to comment, too, on something I saw for the first time. When they're up on top of the building mm-hmm. and you're seeing what... I think it's supposed to be Central Park um, off to the side. There is something going on inside the park. Really? It looks like a bunch of people are walking with flashlights. Okay. When you go back, ch- check it out. It's like it's like maybe they're having a five k with people with lights on or something. It's it's really strange, really strange. I don't think it's cars, but there's something going on at night in that park. Hmm. Maybe it was the ghosts. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, I doubt that. Uh, okay, cool. Um, uh, yeah, so we have some more things we want to get to later in a second. Um, but so so all in all, Ghostbusters. I mean. It's fun. It's campy. It's it's uh, it should be a Halloween tradition at this house. It's just it isn't. Um, oh. Uh, and 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 I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I don't know if I want to watch it every year. This is uh, this is like that nice whiskey I have stored up. I don't want to have it every week. You know, I want to savor it for a little while. So I'm good for a while. Maybe I'll come back to this in about three or four years, and then. And then I'll go, oh, yeah, I forgot about the, the ghost BJ thing again or something. So, um, <laughs> which is just funny to think about. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So, so at this point, we kind of do a, an out of 10. We usually give, we, we rate the movie out of 10. Uh, oh, before we do that, some quotes. I, I missed the quotes from last week. Um, and, I, and I feel bad because I, I like doing quotes. Uh, what was our movie last week? Clue? My quote from last week, by the way, real quick, in case anyone cares. Like, oh my gosh, she didn't do a quote. I know you don't care, but I'm going to say yeah, it anyway. Really. The, 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 the one quote was, she says, why is the car stopped? And Christopher Lloyd says, it's frightened. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there are, there's a couple of really funny quotes that I may or may not have captured on audio. And there's also oh. a couple of quotes that that I still use today. And this one, I... I yeah, it's hard to pick a, your favorite off of this movie. Uh, this isn't my favorite, but it's one that I have used like two weeks ago. And that's, listen, you smell something? I love that quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Now and Bill Murray actually starts sniffing. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one is, uh, he goes, what you got, Egon? I'm terrified beyond the capacity of rational thought. So uh, it's just a funny quote. Um, and so speaking, so I, I've already teased it. So uh, speaking of funny quotes, we also have, if I can get my... Um, you 
human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> so, yes, real wrath of God stuff. So, of course, you got that one. Um, it's a famous quote. Uh, in fact, I think it's actually like on People magazine's like number ninety-seven quote of all time or something like that. Oh wow! And then I also did this one. Something very important I forgot to tell you. Love this quote. What? Don't cross the streams. So, uh, I just, I like that. And then, you know, of course, he goes on, don't, don't cross the streams. And, of course, in the movie, they it'll be to, bad. It'll be bad. I'm all fuzzy I'm, on, I'm, on the whole bit. bad thing, yeah. <laughs> I did like right, the well. mumbo-jumbo that they did in the movie. They would just make shit up, and I was okay with it. They would just use words, oh, total particle, particle, burber-derber-der. Like, <laughs> I'm okay with it, because it's not... Here, the funny thing is, is IMDb actually classifies this movie as... Um, science fiction fantasy humor or something like that. Um, Mm. uh, Comedy, fantasy, sci-fi. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so those are my quotes and they're funny and blah, blah, blah. So out of 10, once again, I didn't think of anything creative, so it's on you three. Um, Corny out of 10, what do you got? I have, uh, I I give it a, uh, an eight and a half. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick out of 10. <laughs> nice. That's way funnier than anything I could have come up with. Uh, oh, yeah. So far, Corny is now in the lead. We haven't been keeping score for this game. Yeah, of course, yeah. you guys haven't said any bad jokes. So, Corny is in the lead. All right, Chad, what do you got? Um, I'm going to have to give this a, a, a good eight and a half um, um, Pecker. My name is Peck. Nice. Um, not as not as good, but That's I'll keep okay. with the uh, I'll keep with the pecker entendre. Nice. Um, I, I mean, the dude's last name was Dick. I mean, come on. Eight and a half. My name eight is, and a half peckers. My I name mean, is douchebag Dick. You know, what I mean. <laughs> wow, this this is we just slapped the R tag on this uh, show. Oh, no, we're okay. We're still PG thirteen. Saying what you. Oh got. hell yeah. Um, I I've got nine uh, bears. Same. Nine bears chasing me out of my apartment. Did he say it's a bear? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of bears, did you know that John Candy was supposed to take that role? I know. No, there's no way. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis' role. uh, Yeah, it's him. Yeah. Mm. It was absolutely him. Yeah, and and originally they wanted, um, they didn't want Bill Murray. They wanted someone else. Who was it? Oh, Chevy Chase. Yeah, they wanted Chevy Chase. No, Basically, no, they no. wanted this to be an SNL movie. Yeah. Um, mm. And so that would have been a mistake. Yeah, I think so too. I think Bill Murray obviously pulls it off. Um, but Chevy Chase, I would have been. I still think Eddie Murphy would have been better. But it's just me. <laughs> um, uh, you said nine, right? Nine. Said nine. Yep. Yeah, nine. I'd probably give it a probably a good seven and a half to eight. Um, Huey Lewis in the news. I mean, Ray Parker Jr. out of 10. Uh, so, good job. Um, there you go. There's our movie. Um, the next, so, usually we do a top three at this moment, uh, this part, and we usually try to pick it within the the genre of the film. And we just decided to go all balls deep and go um, top three 1984 movies. Because 1984 was the greatest year of film ever. 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 Literally, now, literally ever. Now, when people say, "No, wait a minute, Shawshank Redemption wasn't in 1984, and that's a better film," that's not what we're saying. You know, what we're saying the is, average quality of the films right. released in 1984 will out 
way outbeat any other year ever. And again, I use Shawshank Redemption as an example because that's the same year that Shawshank was was also what? Um, Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction. Didn't um, the other one? Um, Crap. Yeah, that one. Schindler's List. Didn't that come out the same year too? No. No, I don't no? think so. Was, was that later? Different year? No, that was the, it lost to Forrest Gump, I believe. Right. The, so you can Oscars. make that argument about Forrest Gump and, 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 um, whatever. Shawshank. Whatever. Shawshank is maybe being better films overall. And I could probably, you could probably make that argument that they are better films than anything in 1984. The point I'm trying to get at is that there are more good, wholesome, fun, popcorn eating, awesome movies from 1984 than any other time ever. Just saying. With that being said, we're doing a top three. I did four. Um, It's my (laughs) game, so I can change the rules. Um, Chad, what you got? Best top three 1984 movies, go. Ghostbusters. Okay. Terminator. Mm -hmm. Never Ending Story. You just did like the top three, because that's like how they're in order. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, if you Google it on IMDb or IMDb it, movies from 1984, it literally says... Actually, does Beverly Hills Cop, then Ghostbusters, then Terminator, then Neverending Story? Huh. Well done. Yeah. So good job. Uh, Huzzah. Cor- corny. Uh, actually, I'm going to go with uh, Karate Kid. Okay. <laughs> Police Academy. All right. And Beverly Hills Cop. Nice. Which is again one of my top five movies of all time. Sure. Hey, what would it do? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So one of mine has been said, Sam. Yep. Yeah. Um. This was, of course, this year basically built my childhood. Uh, Never-ending story has to be up there again. I remember renting the v- re- renting the VCR to watch the tape of Never-ending Story. Wow. Um, Karate Kid, of course. You know, wax on, wax off. Um, Do that on your own time. Yeah, I try. I try. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? What just happened? Oh, I think, really I think his back. I think his back just went out. Jeez. Yeah. Again. Um, then you've got uh, uh, the last Starfighter is another one. Damn it! That's one. Of um, and and uh, I already said, and Gremlins and Gremlins. Uh, I, I, there's no way I, I could know I could put Gremlins on there. That's a, I don't like that movie. But anyway. you don't like Gremlins? Not at all. It's a real. I don't dumb like movie. Gremlins. I think it's real dumb. And Sheldon Cooper makes a you valid shut your point. mouth. It's a dumb movie, and Sheldon Cooper makes a valid point. It, the instructions clearly say don't put them on water. <laughs> like, why is there an alien thing in this world that exists that's like that? Like, it's always past midnight. Anyway, dumb movie. Uh, so I did four. So basically, I have a three, and then an honorable mention. So number one, I put the Karate Kid, um, Mr. Miyagi, Pat Moriarty. Uh, yeah, it's classic. Like, it's a great movie. It's classic. <coughs> Excuse me. Though I do like the remake that with the Jackie Chan and uh, Will, Smith, Will Smith's kid. And everywhere else in the world, it's called the Kung Fu Kid except here because they want our generation to go watch it, which I did, and I loved it. I really did. Um, Jackie Chan actually gets to act. Um, yeah, I, I so need to see the last 45 minutes of that film. It's actually really good. It re- oh, yeah. really? That's the best part. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got to the point where he started training. Like legit, then, I was there. Yeah. Was a, there's a moment where I'm in tears. Like seriously, oh, wow. yeah. Because okay. is that when the is that when the kid from the Cobra? Dojo? Oh, no, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, Cobra Kai. Uh, what's his name? He was on How Much Your Mother. Oh um, gosh, yeah, Billy uh, Billy something. Billy Zap- Zapka. Zap- Billy Zapka. Zapka. Yeah, he, yeah, he, and that was he's the title character. Yeah, it's because he's the Karate Kid. He's the Karate Kid. <laughs> um, 
more How I Met Your Mother references. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's not... I, I put this movie in my top list. I, I felt like because I kind of had to. Um, I put Star Trek 3. Uh, oh, I like the movie. Shocker. It's not even the. It's not even in my top three Star Trek films, but I felt kind of honor bound to put it in my top three. Uh-huh. Um, I, I probably wouldn't. Anyway, I did put the Last Starfighter in there because I absolutely love that film, and it's one of the first yes. films ever to predominantly use CGI in its in its effects. Um, it doesn't hold up at all. I'm no. just saying. The a lot of these don't. A lot of these don't. And, yeah, on Blu-ray. But it's this, yeah. This, it's the story that, that makes these things. It right. really is. Yeah, well, Star Trek Three holds up on Blu-ray. The Last Starfighter doesn't, but <laughs> but that's okay. I still really like that movie. It makes me happy. Uh, and then my honorable mention was Cloak and Dagger. I watched the crap out of that film. I liked it. It's a, it's a typical 80s movie where the kid is the hero and adults are dumb. You know, I don't think I've ever seen that film. That's actually really good, and if it's streaming, <laughs> I recommend it. It's really yeah. good. It's it's literally cloak and dagger. It's a it's a it's a it's a movie about a kid who finds a video game that has like super secret documents on it, and he has to get it to the <laughs> right people, and people are trying to kill him. And he's a kid. He's the he's the kid from uh, what's the he's the kid from the thing. Um, with the curly that did the, that did the stuff. He's the kid with the curly hair and the and this thing and the <laughs> crap. Um, he, he wears the clothes and and has you know the short long hair, them, right? Two, right? I can't spell cloak. How do you spell cloak? C L O O A K. Dabney Coleman's in it. What's his name? Um, uh, this is good radio. Oh, no. yeah, this is great. This Henry, is... Henry Thomas. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, Henry Thomas. You know him uh, from it. such things as... Um, Never heard of him. He's in E.T. Um, oh, that kid. Yeah, he's like the, 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 the main He was the E.T.? He was... No, he's not E.T. He's Elliot from E.T. <laughs> Elliot. Um, and uh, some other really bad films. Well, he's in Legends of the Fall. Anyway, that's that kid. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I like the movie. It's good, so go watch it. That's my recommendation to you. Um, yes. Okay, so at this point in the in the podcast, we now talk about what we're watching. Well, Corny and I actually went out and watched stuff um, this, this past week. So, Corny, what did you watch? I went and watched RoboCop. Sweet. So the new a, remake. Give us a, a brief, non-spoilery synopsis. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Go. Uh, I I like the movie. I'll be honest with you. I like the original one a lot uh, more. Uh, just more. I, I just like the other one more. Um, but this one's actually worth the watch. Uh, if you if you remember watching RoboCop as a kid, or if you've seen it, the the original movie, the the first movie. Don't don't watch the rest of them because they're all garbage. They are. But the the first RoboCop, uh, you will thoroughly enjoy this. If there's some differences. Uh, this RoboCop is. Much more badass than the original one, but I still like the original movie more. Well, good. So uh, go see it. Go see it. Good. Uh, and it's got a two-eyed Nick Fury in it. Um, and Batman's in it, too. Michael Keaton, Batman. Chad, you watching yes. anything? <laughs> I am not. Of course you're not. Sam? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I've finally gotten some time now that the Olympics are over. Um, finally got to, I, did I talk about Red Dawn last week? Yeah. Yeah, talk, I saw Red Dawn. I saw Terror of of Mecha Godzilla. Nice. That was a fun 
background <laughs> film. And Ooh. you gotta love those old Japanese Godzilla movies. They just crack me up. It's absolutely hilarious. And it's not supposed to be. It's it's just you know, mystery science theater material, certainly. Um started watching True Detective on HBO, which has been This very is fairly trending. Yeah, it's interesting. It's dark. It certainly is. Yeah. Um and there was something there's another movie I watched, but it might have to come back to me. Um that uh yeah, you go and, I, and maybe I'll remember what I'm watching. Right. It's been so, so, many so a quick sidebar. I know we're running out of time. We're running a little long. Uh, quick sidebar. You said the the Mecha Godzilla. There is a movie out there, uh, and I think a listener he might be listening. He he got me on this movie. It's called Godzilla: Final Wars. It came out in 2004. It was the 50th anniversary of the Godzilla film, and this movie is a is a 1,000 percent homage to all the other Godzilla films. Nice. It is freaking awesome. It is campy and dumb, and we've got super soldiers and um, aliens and every Godzilla bad guy. Every <laughs> every we don't have every Godzilla incarnate. Um, it's just Godzilla, but you've got everyone. And in fact, we even get the they even make fun of the Godzilla that the, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Like they wow. even make fun of it because they actually. Because everyone, all the other Godzillas, and this is 2004, but they're all still people in a costume, except for this one, which is CGI, and they make <laughs> it CGI really bad. It's hilarious. Um, if, I don't know if it's streaming or not. This is a movie we must do. It is hysterical. Um, if it's streaming, Corny, can you find out if it's streaming? Cause, I, I will. Because I want to watch this movie. It is so much fun. Anyway, <laughs> I watched this past weekend the new 300 film, 300 Rise of an Empire. I've heard good things about it. You know, yeah. it was a good time. Um, does does it, it hold up to the first movie is the question. No, and that's only because it's the same phenomenon that happened when the first Matrix came out and then the second Matrix came out, and we're like, oh, we've already seen this in the first Matrix. And that's what happens. Uh, when this movie comes along and kind of does something a little different, obviously slow motion fighting is was was not new in two thousand seven or eight when this movie came out. Whenever that movie came out, but they, Frank Miller did it in such a unique way that it made the story really the movie really interesting. And mm-hmm. that's most of what this movie gets. They filmed it in a big warehouse. It's mostly about the navy aspect of the same battle. It's still about the Battle of Thermopylae. It's still about the Persian Empire invading. It actually happens the exact same time as 300. It's the exact huh. same timeline. Um, but it's, it's just the other part of the battle. Because I remember when 300 came out, all these historical you know, people were like, well, there was another whole battle going on on the Navy. And so then they made the movie about it. And uh, Eva Green is evil and menacing and terrifying. And there's a really funny moment... Um, don't that, spoil it. I'm not, but there's a really funny moment with her, and uh, basically the the, the hero kind of gets one over on her. It's really funny. Um, I can I'll talk off 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 cast if you don't want to know what's going on, or if you want to know what happens. But it's a good movie. You know, go watch it. Probably want to go watch it in the theater because it was a good time. It's actually it's a lot more naked people in this one than the first one. Um, naked women. Yeah, you got to up the ante somehow. I guess, and it's and the blood was. Definitely way more blood. I mean, like, there's blood pouring out of people. There's more blood pouring out of people that are in the human body. Wow. Um, and it was looked, it a blood bomb a la no, uh, 13 Assassins? No, nothing that stupid. 
<laughs> um, but there still was that weird, ridiculous Xerxes is 10 feet tall and there are weird giant things throwing lanterns and stuff like that. So highly recommend it. Go see it. It was fun. Well, not highly recommended. I recommend it, but you know, <laughs> if you want to wait until it comes out on Blu-ray, it'll probably just be as exciting. Great. I got your, I got your answer for you. What, what was my answer? Oh, is Godzilla Final War streaming? It is, it is streaming. Oh, my uh, it's God. On, it is not on Netflix, but it is on Crackle, and Crackle is free. Crackle is a uh, little off-site. Um, it's, it's, it's a legitimate site. It's not one of those go here if you want to watch illegal stuff. It's, it's just a, a weird little free site. It's like a free Netflix with really horrible movies, but it does have it. That, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, we might have to stick that in there somewhere. Maybe not like anytime soon. You know, maybe closer to summer. And this might even be one that maybe we do something unique and, like, we all four of us sit down and watch it together. Yeah. I don't know. This movie, it's just, it just makes me happy thinking about it. Like It's it's like Star Crash. I mean, there's nothing else oh. I can, I mean, <laughs> Star Crash is this fabled thing I think I've referenced, like, six times in the nine episodes that we've recorded, but uh, we must watch this movie. Anyway, what are we doing next week, Corny? I know it's not Final Wars and it's not Star Crash. Is it, It's not Star Crash, is it? No, no, it's not Star Crash. Yeah, that'd be a shame. I wish it was. Uh, next week, we will be watching Troll Hunter. Because <laughs> oh, that's what Sam picked. Oh. Uh, I, I conveniently will have a spasm and not be able to do this. Yeah, so, I don't uh, think my internet's going to work for the next seven days. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. This does break our rule. What rule? Remember we made the rule about foreign language. Is this, this a foreign is mostly... film? Yeah, it's a foreign film. Oh, it's son of a Veto. Not watching it. Veto. Bam. It's been vetoed. <laughs> You're off the island. You are now the weakest link. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, hey, I war- Hey, at least I warned you guys before we made a final decision. Oh, my gosh. So, Corny, what's next? <laughs> uh, if we, Th- this, if we is decide- re- this is reality TV, folks. I mean, this is... <laughs> if we decide to skip Troll Hunter, then uh, Cabin in the Woods is actually up next. Okay, I'm totally fine with that. Okay. I've never seen it, so I'm really excited. All right. Yeah. Well, Troll Hunter is... Uh, Gone. So, okay. off air, Sam, you get to pick another movie. Um, no, that, well, the only reason I picked that one was because somebody picked Clue. So I wanted to torture you. We all pick Clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tried to torture us, but yeah. The the, yeah. the rules are the rules. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, uh, so that's it. So uh, thanks yeah. thanks for listening. So a special thanks goes out to Sight and Sound AV. Uh, they, they they do stuff for us. Sightandsoundnc.com. Steve Everett for our intro and outro music. You can check him out at steveeverett.net. Leave us a review on iTunes uh, or Stitcher. Uh, we like your feedback. Please leave us reviews. If we're terrible, let us know. If you like us, let us know. Um, either way, we want to know. Um, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cheapseatreviews. Follow us on Twitter at cheapseatcast. I'm actually posting stuff on Twitter. Um, uh, I'm just, I'm still not really good at Twitter, but we'll, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm 31 years old learning how to use Twitter, so whatever. All the kids are doing it. Yeah, my, my, mm. my college students are showing me how to do this stuff, and they keep making fun of me because I actually thought Snapchat was just sending a picture of yourself to someone. I didn't know that it was an actual app to Snapchat, so they keep making fun of me about Snapchat. What is this? Well, anyway, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not the only one. Yeah, uh, I've never even heard of that. Oh, that's that's, that's yeah. good. Uh, please send your emails to cheapseatreviews at gmail.com. And as always, um, we, we like your emails and we will read them. Uh, and there you go. So, uh, 
So on behalf of, of Sam and Chad and Corny, uh, this is Sean saying goodnight. And remember, if someone asks you if you're God, you say yes. 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 Are you the gatekeeper?